What's up, all you beautiful people? It's your boy Hobart coming to you Wednesday, December 2nd with a fresh new episode of the Bartcast for your ears. December is here. This is my birth month. I feel like December is kind of a tricky month to really get anything done. You know, I think, at least for me personally, once Thanksgiving hits, it's the holiday season and, uh, I think it's like between Thanksgiving and my birthday is about three weeks. Then you got another two weeks after that is Christmas. Then a week and it's it's New Year's. So, you know, it's it's like full on, full on holiday mindset over here at the Bartcast, and uh, just trying to stay on the regiments, exercise, healthiness, sleep diet, all that good stuff, and uh, still trying to create and make content, and um, I know it's been kind of a, a break, like I said last time, since the last podcast, but I promise you, I got a couple in the pipeline, so there should be a steady stream, at least for the next two weeks. I, I recorded one uh, just yesterday, it should be out next week, so... Have no fear, there shall be more Bartcasts for your holiday pleasure while you're cooking that holiday pie or baking that roast beast, as it were. Um, I promised these guys I would keep this intro short and sweet, so here we go. My guests today have both been on the Bartcast in the past. Uh, they are a dynamic brother brother duo. The Adams Brothers, that's Gabe Adams, and our most common guest, Jesse Lemmy Adams. And today we're going to be talking about their new feature film uh, that we that they just released on Amazon Prime this week. Um, it's called Up the Five. And if it sounds familiar, it's probably because um, those of you that tuned in to the early, I'm trying to pull up the number here. To our earlier episode, I believe it's episode, hold on, I want to say 12, let me check, I'm going to get a double check on that, that's right, The Birth of a Feature, episode 12, featuring Gabe Adams, um, we kind of talked about this, the making of this film a little bit, but I think it was more of a biography about Gabe's life as a filmmaker. This time we got both brothers in the studio and we're ta just talking about this movie that they came out with. Like I said, it's called Up the Five. It's streaming now on Amazon Prime and it's great. It's it's such a heartwarming tale. I like to think of it as kind of like a, a, a Tarantino meets Wes Anderson flick uh, with a little just funkiness sprinkled in there and um they really, they really made something admirable and, and really cool. And uh, so, so today we're talking about the process and what it's like to work together as brothers. And uh, I love both these guys, and I know that they've both been huge inspirations to me in my own creative path and super supportive of me and my ideas. So without further ado, please give it up for my good friends, my brothers, the Adams Brothers, on this episode 19 of the Bartcast. 
Can we get some more T sounds on there? This is like Adult Swim humor. <laughs> I can honestly say that's the, that this is the the slurpiest start to uh, to a Bart Cast episode. Slurp Slurp Cast. Welcome to the, the Slurp Cast. The Slurp Cast. Um. Yeah, it's funny. I I dated this girl for a while, and she called me Bort. She's a Filipina girl. And uh, I've been watching, I've been going through all the like, well, you know, all the Simpsons now are on Disney Plus. So I've been watching, started in season three when it started to get good. And now I'm just watching every Simpsons episode. It's so good, first first of all. But uh, the the name Bort just keeps coming up in, in like all these episodes. They love, the writers love that name or that sound or whatever, so... What does it mean? It's just like a non nonsense word, like the you know the radioactive man episode where yeah. they shoot the film in Springfield. Yeah, uh, I thought it meant small penis. That's why I was wondering. Right. Yeah, why she was know, calling you that. I know it's you know looks can be nice deceiving. Bort, Hobart. <laughs> I think it's actually a you know a southern Filipina word for um, looks can be deceiving. Mm. You know, nice big things and small packages. Yeah, <laughs> I like small packages in big things. There you go. Hey, that's a, sounds like a movie, you know. But you know, they used it in the in the Radioactive Man episode. You know, they were talking about how they didn't want. It was like in the producers' meeting, and they were talking about how whatever we do, let's we can't make it like the '70s, like kitschy version. And then it like had a cut scene of that, and it was like a fight scene, and it was like blorp, bort. Oh, you know, like all the Batman style. You can get a tattoo. We recording? Yeah, we're live, boys. We're live, all right. I'm here with the Adams Bros. Action. Action. Cut card, whatever those things are called. Slate. Slate. A um, clean slate is sometimes what you need. Exactly. Interior, Thank nighttime. Yeah. Jesse is sitting with a flamingo sweatshirt playing with his belly button. Gabe has got a cup in a button-up looking very sharp. And cue scene. So, what are we going to talk about <laughs> today? Thank you well, for having you know, us, Mr. Mr. Bartcast. You're very welcome, Mr. Adams. We um, love you. I love you too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was just scrolling through my Amazon Prime you know, list the other night. Just like, what am I going to watch tonight? You know, I feel like I've seen everything. And uh, and all of a sudden, I saw this beautiful thumbnail image with the words "Up the Five. and I was like, "Up the Five? Where have I heard that name before?" And then I looked in the credits, as I so often do when choosing movies on Amazon, and lo and behold, it was the Adams Bros, an Adams Brothers film, and uh, and I dove in and checked it out, um, watched some of it this afternoon, and. The first thing I gotta just say is like just how, you know, beautiful the film looks, guys. Like the the, the footage you. looks exquisite. We got lucky. We shot it on red, and we shot it out in Bakersfield, and we really made sure the elements that were in the movie, um, as seldom as they were, had some sort of boldness. So we really loved shooting it. It was probably one of our favorite things, and probably one of the easiest things for us to do was actually where the camera goes. 
on the set, um, which is nice. It's nice for that to be the easy thing. Yeah, I feel like the secret that Gabe unlocked with this movie is, first of all, have a great cinematographer. But Paul Toomey. Paul Toomey, and then pick a location where it's hard to not get good shots. You know, we weren't in a suburban neighborhood somewhere. We were really out in the middle of nowhere with beautiful horizons and, you know, orchards and all these things that just picked up so well on the camera and made it already look so epic in just the way that it was. So if... There's young filmmakers out there, people that need ideas. Just find your location that's very interesting. Find something that's interesting to you and pull that out because I feel like that was helped us so much. We could turn the camera a different angle and have a whole other backdrop behind exactly. us. And it was, yeah, so much fun that way. Yeah, I've never seen, you know, having driven both up and down the five. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, down the five coming soon. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it look so good. Like, you guys really made uh, this part of the country, you know. I mean, in my family, it's always a debate. Do we spend a couple extra hours and take the scenic route, 101, or do we just get there on the 5? But but y'all made the 5 look beautiful. I mean, it looks idyllic in a lot of the shots. Yeah, I think at the time, too, we we just got lucky over and over. But at the time, there was a bunch of almond blossoms, which usually only happens like... One and a half week or something. Yeah, it's like a week and a half to two weeks per year, and all the trees turn purple. And we were shooting at that time. In in an almond blossom, just like randomly. Hmm. So those shots towards the end of the movie when Percy's running around and he's looking for a ride and all that stuff. Spoiler alert. Uh, There's just... There's all these amazing shots that like we couldn't have predicted or planned, and somehow it worked out. Felt like this movie had a lot of those things where things just worked out in our favor, and that's just we're lucky in that way. And we're trying to make the five more popular, so it's going to be more populated. People are going to because of the movie. People are going to be like, let's take the five. It's so beautiful. It's so epic. And then the one hundred and one will be completely empty, and then that's what we'll be driving. Okay. So that's the yeah. secret behind this whole movie. Hell yeah, dude! Like, like the I feel like the Highway Five Planning Commission needs to give y'all some kickbacks. Or yeah, maybe... we might we might fax them at some point. Right. I don't know how up to date technology <laughs> they are. Yeah, you know, maybe you could get one of those blue signs that's like this highway, you know, sponsored by the Adams Brothers. Exactly. Know? Exactly. <laughs> well, we we're stoked because the movie just came out a few days ago. On Thanksgiving, and we're already getting a lot of great reviews, and um, it's been a pretty good outpour. I mean, we've been working on this project for many years, so to finally actually have the project clickable, yeah. I think we, you know, we've had two premieres, and those felt really good as well. Um, they obviously felt terrible as well because you have everyone watching you, but they, it really felt like now the movie was finished, mm. which, which is a, a beautiful thing on on such a giant project totally it takes so many years even before i started to get super involved of just like hoping and planning and it being a concept an idea that the movie will be made Mm -hmm. but the fact that it's an actual literal thing that you could rent and see is just it it's just like it's a baby that's been in the womb for way too long and that's just how movies are right. they just with albums and other projects and art you get it comes out quickly you get a quick response but with film it's just like you really it becomes your baby yeah. and it's been cooking and cooking and cooking you and, had a good metaphor the other day what was, how did it go yeah my friend Sean Hayes was saying that making a movie is like baking a cake but backwards 
when you um, are shooting it, it's like you're eating the cake. It's like you get to enjoy it, but when you actually have to cook it in the editing room and all this stuff. So on set, it feels like all this amazing stuff's happening and it's all great, but really it took us a year and a half to just edit this movie to feel like it all made sense and it all came together. And that's really where the story came from and where a lot of the hard work was put into Gabe's place in Burbank, which became like our kind of special bungalow that we just spent hours and hours and hours behind it editing bay just switching off back and forth trying to find the best version of this movie that we could we could make with our footage we had yeah we, we felt really much like han solo and the wookie i was the wookie like, like if something was wrong with the computer or something <laughs> i would go to like fix it up in space and come back in and he'd be like no the thing is wrong over here and so we really we did switch off roles there and like we we kind of didn't find the theme of the movie until we were doing the log line on Amazon Prime of how to describe the movie. And we what, what is the logline? I wanted to ask well, you guys. The theme, the theme is, it's not about the journey or the destination. It's about who you're riding with or who, who your company is with. So that sort of is uh, that. And then the logline is, you know, a guy gets his car stolen by two thieving sisters and asked to hitchhike a ride with a corky traveler to get it back. Okay. Yeah, so... It, we got a lot of great footage, and it was so, so fun. The thing is, we would constantly surprise each other. Like, Gabe would put great songs that I would have never thought of underneath. Never. He never would have. I never would have. I never would have. <laughs> like, Bulgarian Balkan music or mm-hmm. something, like, over a scene that, you know, um, we I didn't expect that would work. And it somehow, like, it was nice to have two people on the, on the, on the editing. Because I feel like sometimes when you're in your own bubble, you... You get stuck in, in certain patterns and you don't see other ideas and ways out. I feel like we could constantly push each other. So in that way, it was great. I, I had a great. question for you guys. I was wondering, you know, like you said, this, is, this was your, has been your baby in, in incubating for so long. You know, I know from my own personal experience sometimes, like these, uh, when you're working on a project, it can kind of have its own internal expiration date. And I'm curious, like, what was your guys' process for remaining in love with with something that i'm sure was like an, an emotional roller coaster ride for you both did you guys have any sort of well, i feel like for gabe it's it's been a longer love because Ga- this idea probably is almost 10 years old no i know eight seven maybe. seven seven but, or eight but still it's it's from from that initial thought from the, a thought and then a whole movie that's a whole different thing of what the thought is like one a thought kept changing and changing mm-hmm. And Gabe holding on to the idea that we're making a movie and we're, you know, and the five is the location of the movie was something that we didn't let go of and we held on to. And so many ideas can try and derail the idea that you, the initial idea, and to just stick with your initial idea and not go a million different ways was something I really applaud Gabe for doing because it was like, it was like, this is the movie we're making. And the moment I showed up on set, I saw how good it was looking, how cool these characters were. It was like it was coming to life, in, and you held on to that vision. And that's the that's like, if that hadn't happened, then none of the yeah, rest of the stuff would have happened. Totally. It was definitely simpler. Like, now that we finished this project, we have a lot of other ideas. And it's really easy to think of a bunch of different ideas. But this really was my only baby. And there really wasn't any other projects that I was working on. Mm-hmm. I wasn't working on anything else. And I think that is... Uh, uh, was the benefit and then also the other benefit was how bold and dumb I was to think that I could do it um, and then just slowly now it's like I can 
Now I know how to do make a film much better, but at the time I thought I did, and I was just just plowing. I, f- I feel like that's a, an essential part that you've just touched on, though. I think for like anyone embarking on a grand creative odyssey, you have to like court your own naivete. Like if you focus too much on like how big of a task it is, you're never going to get it done. You're never going to get started. There needs to be this like kind of willful ignorance that like yeah i'm a fool i want to make a movie you know yeah, totally and so i think that like bold and dumb is maybe that's the name of your autobiography something yeah that's totally great... definitely um <laughs> and we i mean really the confidence came in when we started building the team and uh every time you know you think that you're not able to do something and then your brother sends you a track or you get a dp or you get certain people just to say go for it and uh that was that was a big deal for me was just just having some support because it, it is <clears throat> such a massive undertaking but to be honest like i if I, I recommend anything to new people is don't really think about it that much you know just you know build it uh you know yeah. one one cement stone at a time keep pushing ahead every yeah. time you can every time you can and and that it only gets better it that's, that's the yeah. thing is, no matter how long it takes, the longer it takes, the better it will be. So that formula also was always in the back of my head as well. Yeah, and the fact that we shot the movie after enough years of planning it and thinking about it and writing the script and it was the right year to shoot it, it felt good, we had the right cast. Casting was a huge thing too that we that needed to get right and Gabe did a really good job and we worked a little together on that, but he had found the best few actors that just like... Uh, Percy and Phil, who just who are the main characters of the film, and then Grace and Elsa, the char- those characters who work so well against the boys. So it was it was making sure the whole thing had a nice balance, and knowing that whatever movie we end up shooting might not be the movie we wrote in the script, but these guys are so good that it's going to be better off the way you know without. So the 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 Gabe always when we were little kids he'd always go down the slide first. I'd always make him go down and then I'd go after him to, <laughs> to make sure that the slide was safe. So like in this movie it literally happened the same way. Gabe went down to well, I only went down the slide because you're you're like Gabe go down the slide. <laughs> and I was like because I was deaf for a while so that's how I talk. <laughs> Tortellini. Tortellini. I could only say tortellini because I would lip read people. I love Tortellini. But he went down the slide. He 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 tried to make this movie, and um, he had built a great team. And Gabe is really good at knowing who's a good person to work with, who's a good team player. He he gets production from working on film sets for years and years. I feel like that's him as a he has a great producer element that yeah. just kind of knows how the set should run, and then it makes it fun because then the artistic side gets to be. Like it has its place because we have everything else set. And even though we're like, oh, let's change location, let's blah, 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 you jump around. It's like you have a crew who's willing to do that and like aren't asking any questions. They're like, yeah, we'll stand in the sun for eight hours and the sound guy is sweating. And we're like, he's, they're literally doing this for us, for our job and for our vision that we're trying to create. And it's amazing to have people that are that loyal and willing to to be part of the project and are proud of it too. Yeah. Pros like serious pros. Serious pros helped us out. So I mean, you guys got some some serious uh, yeah. pros. Yeah, yeah. And once you watch the movie, <laughs> you know, once you watch the movie, you'll see the end credits. It's not that many names in the end credits because it what didn't take that many people to do it. So mm-hmm. once you get to the end credits, which is one of my favorite tracks in the whole movie, what is 
I'm Your Friend yeah. by Tino Dreama, San Francisco band. It nice. is literally Jesse plays that track. And it's literally one of my favorite tracks of all time. Nice. And um, yeah, we're, we're really stoked at the finished project. We recently, um, Jesse came down to Los Angeles about a month ago, right when we were getting ready uh, to release the film. And I looked at him and I said, we should chop out like five, ten minutes of this project and just make it tight. Because we noticed when we watched the film at the premieres that there are certain moments where there's air, where there was cheese, where there was drama that didn't need to be there. So if you have seen the movie at one of the premieres, I recommend watching it again and seeing how different it is when you just trim all the fat. And now the movie is kind of spanking awesome. Yeah, yeah I wanted to get into that because I was there with you guys, you know, as, as we... Yeah. Beside us. You know, for a, 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 you know, Holding our people hands. who are listening to this one, I, I highly recommend checking out, you know, one of the earlier episodes that me and Gabe did where we do go pretty deep into the into this process as well but as we talked about on there you know i was there at the, at the premiere premiere with both of you guys getting to to experience it you know kind of in real time and that was my first time seeing um seeing this film but you know in in so much that i've seen you know i in preparing for this i saw i watched a good chunk of it today and i was blown away you know at, at even how much smoother you know you guys' little choices that you've made um, yeah. work in this this new iteration of it and um and just how crisp everything is the cuts are really smooth and um it's great i wanted to ask you jesse uh can you take can you take us to that that moment that first moment when gabe you know hit you up to ask you to come onto this project and what that decision looked like of, of how you because i know like you said you know gabe when you started seven years ago you know, science tells us all your cells are replaced every seven years. You were literally a different human being. All your cells were different cells than they are now. Yeah. So you're now a different person than when you started out on this road. And I'm just curious wow. for you, Jesse, like what, uh, what, it, what was that moment like? How did it come about? Is there a story there you want to share? Yeah. Well, I mean, I always loved this idea of the five and the script that um, Gabe had written was super funny and I always tried to give input and we had some table reads at our house, we, we were, you know, figuring out casting. Jesse was a backup Percy as well. For our first yeah, <laughs> we didn't have a... I was basically... I'm always willing to do anything. And filmmaking before music for me has, was always kind of my first love. So I always really wanted to get more into it. And I'm so glad that Gabe made this happen because it created an opportunity for me to be involved. But basically, it was a, a really cool situation where I just did whatever Gabe needed help with. And I was in the middle of touring, so I was on the five going from San Diego to um, Oregon and was just going to be down there for like, you know, two weeks and help him out with whatever he needed for the shoot. It turned out to be um, middle of a shot, middle of a scene. The producer we were working with decided to leave the the project for... He came up to me and he shook my hand and said, this project's not worth my time. During this shot, my brother, I look at my brother and I'm like, uh, can you shoot something? I need to talk to him for a while or something like that. And then Jesse came in and at the time he was the script supervisor of the project and then literally watched the second half of that movie and tell me it's not funnier. Jesse came in, <laughs> Jesse came in and just produced the movie how we needed it to happen, yeah. which is a free flow improv style. Which yeah. was, you know, you know, I really love the guy that came out and left, but 
he just wasn't in it for the right reasons and he didn't know to let things loose and he yeah. also wasn't watching the dailies mm. and Jesse came in and filled the spot you know he actually probably filled the spot before you know he left it was like working towards we were working together really well and it was like I could see him being like, "Who's your bro- your brother? What's is he is he calling the shots too with you?" You know, it was like it was just being really cool. But it, it's this thing of like he didn't have the chill. You know, there's always going to be something that goes wrong. You kind of have to just know that and be relaxed about it. And for some reason, he was never relaxed. And so for us, it was we we got more limitations because of him leaving, and we had an actor who was leaving soon. So we had to rewrite a lot of the movie and scenes to try and find it. But that was almost more fun of a challenge because we'd be handing scenes right to the actors mm-hmm. on little scribbled pages. And they would be delivering it so raw and real where they didn't overthink it. They didn't overthink the lines. Yeah. They, it came into this thing where the movie kind of had this natural. Yeah, Jesse has a great ability of being a good writer. And I can't wait to have that ability. But he literally, what he would do is he would go home after every shoot go to his hotel room and write the scenes for the next day. And like it, once you're inside the bubble and you've been working on this project or project for so long, it's really hard for you to think critically and think open. And you're also trying to keep everybody in the middle of a desert at a shitty hotel. Like there's a, there's a lot of the other shittiest factors, hotel, the shittiest <laughs> hotel. but uh, which is the Buena Vista hotel, the best. It's great. And, and who the hotel owner is in the movie. Yeah. Uh, Shaw is plays the liquor store owner and the hotel owner who are still yeah. steals. So Jesse kind of came in, and he's also what's great about Jesse is he's a he's a performer and he works with performers as um, not sexually but musically, yeah. and he's a great musician and he he's good at getting things out of people. And so I felt like it was awesome because he almost took a load off my shoulders because he was so good with the actors mm. that I had a chance to make sure the shots were good. And I, we, we really kind of, I mean, we of yeah. course are both involved in both situations, but it was just, it's nice to have a backup. Yeah. And now like, literally it became an Adams brothers film, which it sort of like, we're happy. It did yeah, it because was, it, it was the best case it, scenario. It helped in a lot of ways. Cause it, to me, I didn't want to step on any toes going into the picture because it's like Gabe had helped assemble a team and I was part of the team. And so right. I wanted to be careful. But once this happened where it opened it up, it was like we get to go. We get to do make the movie we want to make. And there's nobody who can really stop us, you right. know. And so it, it the cool thing was that day that that happened, it was it's super intense. A huge storm hit. Right after that storm, we got some of those beautiful shots we'd ever gotten in the whole movie, which was drone footage and an amazing scene between Phil and Percy. And like it was like the storm of the drama of, of all this happened, and yet we like you know probably smoked a few cigarettes. Where for a second, like, are we fucked? No, maybe not. F- turned it around in twenty minutes or yeah. an hour. We literally f- turned it around and, and came up. Jesse came up with the ending of the film, which is way more organic. I mean. We once once the characters get to the motel, we had a lot more twists and turns uh, that were supposed to happen, but we kept it simple and we kept the ending simple. And it just it just my favorite part of the movie was when Jesse came in. Yeah, that's great. It's well, I trust my bro and I love my bro, and it's like we're we're three two heads, three heads, or five Cerberus brains, brothers. but two good people is three good men. But yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I am curious about that. Like you know. The way that you guys talk about your team as as co-directors um and and just hearing you talk now 
you know, on set when you're in production, like how do you guys, like where is that split in duties? Are, are Gabe, are you more focused on the cinematography side and then Jesse, you're dealing with the actors or where do those duties? Uh, well, I can't wait to be on a project where we have a full crew and we get to just direct because on this project, I really didn't have an AD, a production designer, you know, I was doing a lot of the costumes at the time. Holding so, the camera. Uh, holding the camera. Often. You know what I mean? So really my jobs were split amongst of a lot of tasks, but um, we're excited about doing our next project and, and, and having a full crew. Um, and, and in that way, we'll find out our new dynamic. But really the key is to not argue with each other in front of any, anybody. That's mm-hmm. number one. Uh, and number two is to... Well, it's we have full trust in each other's creative ideas, which is really what a partner. The definition of a a good partner is is when you can trust. I can trust him to go and take a camera somewhere else and do a shot without me worrying because I'm going to be surprised at how good it is. And, and yeah, the trust is huge because, like we, I think there's only one real thing we disagreed with, and we never made it a big deal, and it's not even a huge thing at all, and. Was other than that, it was shot? just we wanted we didn't have time we had those tracks that we wanted i wanted to do a few more tracking shots but the light was going down and we didn't have time to do it and it was it was because we had one camera guy who had to move all the tracking shots so it was like yeah. a limitation of our crew it's not and even that was the smallest thing to disagree everything yeah. else we were on so much the same page and not well, only I'm that we did what we did if you watch yeah. the girls pulling up to the motel and them getting yeah. out of the car. But we don't know what it would have looked like. <laughs> no, but but the thing is, is I, the other big thing that really made this movie, it was because we started working together, it became more of a comedy. And it because we were making each other laugh. We were yelling lines to these actors who had improv abilities that were amazing and who were helping make our movie just so great and funny. Yeah. It's like if we got him the laugh like there's a few moments you can almost hear it in the audio of Gabe's huge laugh. You hear me laughing? <laughs> yeah. that's, that's, that's how I sound. But it it was like if we could crack each other up Some that the best it jokes. felt yeah if that just felt so fun to us to be like you know what we do love comedies. We grew up on them together. Like now like the movie has drama to it too, which is awesome, but we realized how much we're playing into the funniness was making it better. So yeah. we kind of just we switched that route a little how, bit. How too. much was how much of the of the dialogue in this movie is improv? I was curious. Well, the first half of the movie is strictly written, basically. Okay. And then by the time they get to the motel, we had Jesse's scribe writings and we had situations. And then if if you look at the the last scene of the movie is fully improv. Okay. Um, certain moments are fully improv. Um, there's certain jokes where we would, I mean, when, uh, I, want, I don't want to give too much away, but mm-hmm. really the second half of the movie becomes a lot of improv. Totally, and the characters yeah. had settled in by that point, too. They had, they had known their characters, so, like, we, we kind of liked that as well. But really, what Jesse says about the comedy was, like, for some reason, I, made, I knew the film was a part comedy, part drama, but I f- forgot how f- good it is that to have a comedy, especially nowadays, a buddy buddy film about a road trip, about this. Like, it really was more yeah. powerful than I thought to make yeah. someone laugh. Is is a really good feeling to make and someone laugh. The thing is, is that it all worked with improv because Gabe, 
had created such good characters that had been developed in the script and they had so you know those conversations are so funny just to even all the words Gabe had written had built them in and then you have like this guy Percy this character is like he's literally Percy like you look at him on set and he's acting like this character and he's becoming it and he will make he made some lines up that made the movie work because it was part of the story and part of his character, but it was all built from something that they had worked on. So that's what comes back to casting too. If you have a good cast, you're so much luckier if your writing still needed some little additional stuff like ours did at the end of the movie, because we needed to change our ending. But like we knew that that we had the right actors that could just like deliver the goods and they really did. And that's, yeah, that, I really got to give a shout out to all the actors, you know, Derek Charrington, Mike Kurtz, Grace DeMaio, uh, Kristen Lorenz, uh, Ken Berry, Shaw, uh, Francois in the orange jumpsuit. I mean, like, that's all the characters, by the way. There's no other character. Yeah, what was it? What's the total cast? And Dirty Bride. That number was six, (laughs) I think, six or seven. Okay. Um, But you really do, you really do, on an indie film, if your cast isn't good, you sort, it sort of does. It is pretty brutal, but mm-hmm. um, that's one thing I gotta say. Like, I mean, I spent time on casting this thing, and Jesse and I are right now are, ca- are casting our, our pilot for our, our a series that we're doing, um, and we're going over people, and I'm like, I have these recommendations. I'm like, let's do this, but he's making we, Jesse's really good because Jesse will make sure that. They're, they're really great. And, I mean, Jesse picked that Grace out of our crowd. We, we were not sure who the Grace was, and Jesse, Jesse picked How her. How many people did you look at? for? I looked at probably like 300 people, 200 people for, um, I mean, probably like 500 all, all together, and then like like 100 people for Phil, 100 people for Grace, 100 Got people. Got people, multiple reads, yeah. people coming into this office, yeah. doing reads, filming them. Yeah. Like, I swear I wasn't just trying to get... You had, a, you had he 100 was, people come into this office? I probably had like 50 to 60 people. Everyone we knew yeah. from. And our our, uh, our our supporting actor, uh, Elsa, who was the older sister in the project, mm-hmm. originally was a man named Oscar, but the guy who was going to play the role a month before we started shooting dropped out. Oh. And so we rewrote it into a sister's role. So that's and, she, and she had auditioned for Grace, and Gabe had seen how great she was, but not great for Grace but almost a great enough character on her own. So that's another thing. You do a lot enough casting, you pick up things like, oh, you know what? We don't have a character like that, but that's a great personality to have in, you know? You find people, you know? That's why I do love when films are written for certain actors because there's just like something you get very specific with certain people's vibes. It's funny you say that because as I told you guys both before we started... um, you know, I'm in the process of developing this idea I have with the dream of making a feature out of it someday. And like, I'd say half of my characters are characters that I've written around people that I know, like personalities yeah. already, you know? Good move. Um, and you know, my, my one buddy, shout out to Lesh, you know, I was like, hey, will you be in my trailer? And he was like, sure. And I was like, what kind of a, what kind of a disc golfer do you see yourself as? You know, it's a disc golf movie. And he was like, you know, he thought about it for a second and he was like, I think I'm the purest. And I was like, yes, you're the purest for sure. Like, Lovely. you know, like he knew. And, and as soon as he said it, it was like made so much sense to me. And it got me, you know, so excited to start, you know, trying to develop this character. Um, but yeah, I, I heard this 
you know, I'm taking this, I've been taking this class on Saturdays, this directing and producing class. And one of the things the teacher said this last week that really stuck with me um, about the writing phase, you know, he said that uh, if you get writer's block, it's because your character isn't interesting enough. And I thought really stuck with me because it makes, you know, it makes total sense. If you're not turned on and loving this character, like, how are you going to be able to write for them? Yeah, yeah I wish I heard that a long time ago. <laughs> and so maybe you have to tweak a couple things, you know, change what their motivations are, or, you know, whatever it is, you know. Like, yeah. It's so easy in the creative process to yeah. to fall out of love with a character. Yeah, I always have a problem with the lead actor character in my head on any project that mm -hmm. I think of. Just because for me, the supporting actor is always, like the second actor, you know, the ally, yeah. is always more interesting for totally. me. Totally. And so I'm always having a trouble, I always have trouble with, with the lead actor writing for him. But the thing is, you want the lead actor to be the most important role. Right. So like, like with this movie, uh, we have a lot of great characters. A lot of people are loving our Percy character. Mm -hmm. You think, what would a movie be like if Percy was the main actor? Mm -hmm. But to be honest, I love it exactly how it is because yeah. our lead actor is so good. And he really is the straight man. Right. And he is the audience. And i got to say, if you have watched the movie like before I had a premiere, please rewatch it because <laughs> it the movie just freaking moves now. There's yeah. not an empty space. Yeah. Uh, and I'll say that really happily. I mean, we could watch it. And, you know, it's rewatchable. We wanted a movie that felt like you could just watch it again and again and it not to be like, oh, I hate this. Is great. I just want to skip through this scene. You know, no schemes. And just new things you pick up each time. There's like little secret dialogues and lines. And um, But I, I like the. I think it's like good writing, good characters, great actors. Then you get those costumes on there. Then you're in the scene. And then it's like this whole nother thing that's none of those things, but like this amazing combination. Yeah. That's what I saw when I came on set the first day with Gabe was like yeah, these pulled. these two guys in the side of the road having this great dialogue scene. And it was just like... You came in on the skunk funeral. The, yeah, it's, it's like such a great movie. scene yeah, to was, walk in on. That's like right where I... I we watched, yeah. we, we shot, I think, eight minutes of the movie that day. It was the yeah. third day of shooting. Okay. And he came in on a really good day. It's just like these guys were connecting. They were real characters. Then it's like all those things you hope work because now it's in its own embodiment of what this actor can do with those lines in the story. And if the audience, if it hits the audience or if it doesn't, if people feel like they feel bad for Percy because he is a little annoying and he doesn't have any friends and that moment hits them, then then you're there for the rest of the movie. But you have to, you have to see if you can get those emotional cues and like, luckily, we I I think our movie achieved that, it does. and and that's all we were hoping for was like, do we have something that really would want people to just stick around for to the end to see what happens to these and guys? It's, it's honestly like, I am not trying to boast or anything, but it's so good I can't even take we can't even take credit for it. I feel like <laughs> you know what I mean. It's like a story about life. You you can't take credit for life, so how could you ever? say put your stamp on it which is you know it's one of those things that you just you look at and i swear i've been in the fishbowl for fucking six years at least i mean five years really three years totally two years this and that like i've been in this fishbowl and it wasn't until i hit print and my girlfriend at the time been to watch me get teary-eyed and look at it on amazon prime mm. and i it's like i saw the movie for the first time 
And that for me was made the entire, entire project 100% worth it. And I gotta say, if you are working on a project and you need to go through just three easy payments of $19.99, you can get it. If you are working on a project and you wanna push through, you fucking abandon that baby right now or you go on and you fucking push it you know like you have to. don't give up on it don't you have to close sure. it good because it it's the the if you it's it's either always going to be something you dream about and you're mad that you never did which is for so many people out there or it's something that didn't come out perfect the way you wanted to but maybe it's a special thing that's its own thing yeah. like you got to be open to being let down and the compromise of what happens when you create art but just like being such a such a stickler that you don't let it go like i think that's what happened with this too is like we got all this footage did we get all the scenes we needed mm-hmm. no we didn't but we didn't let it go and we just fought in the editing room to try and make the most of what we did did after that did we let it go no we went back and sliced it up even more to make it it's like every step of the way you could have given up right. and yeah, so and like people have like stupid rules like, don't edit your first project don't do this don't put your own money mm-hmm. i put my own money and i edited my first project i got a movie what y'all got yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 it's, it's funny, like what you were saying, Jesse, it reminds me, you know, a couple of years ago, I was working trimming weed for, for this girl, and I, and I start, we ended up talking, and I, and I was like, oh, how long have you, you know, and your boyfriend been together? And she said, you know, 13 years. And I was like, wow, 13 years, like, what's your secret? Like, how have you managed to make it work for that long? And she looks at me, and she's like, well... We didn't break up. I was like, I, you know, I feel like that kind of sums up yeah. what you were saying. Like, you know, you believed in this project and you just didn't let it drop yeah. off. And I'm sure you guys had like down cycles. I'm sure there were periods where, you know, you 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 let it breathe. Or you know, I wanted to ask you. You know, I know with music, yeah, when you're in in production of music and you you get you know you get your the take that you like. Yeah, a lot of people you know you can like get to a point where you've listened to it too much and you're not hearing you're hearing different you know, totally you're not hearing it the way you want to hear it and you kind of got to let it breathe or bring in someone else some fresh ears yeah i'm curious like did you guys have to take time off from i think from we did does? but i mean i honestly am a freaking insane person and i'm really positive all the time so <laughs> i had my downturns for sure but it was more like s- someone telling me like that I can't do something. It was more of a, a external instead of internal problems. I mean, I guess there was a lot of internal problems, <laughs> but, but but who knows? I mean, I definitely we kept each other pretty stoked the whole time. Yeah. I mean, and we know. We, I mean, you're working with your brother, so it's like it doesn't get better than that, too. It's like you're just like you're. It's fam. You're both on the same page. I think one really important thing. Well. Uh, there's two points I want to make real quick. One uh, to the music thing that you're saying is a lot of times if it's raw and it has the feeling that's better than it being perfect. So just mm-hmm. with any movie, any scene, just just know like if you got the feeling in there, it doesn't matter if like the camera bumped or whatever. It's like you just that's what is important. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that a huge reason why this worked and why I think our Adams Brothers is going to continue to make great stuff is because Gabe and I are like kind of in this for the right reasons which is like we're not trying to just make a bunch of money because we're not making any money. We're losing <laughs> money. But we're, we're not going – a lot of people, it's a business. And art for us isn't a business. We hope that we can 
have a living off of it and not have to worry about being poor in any way with but but the main thing is we want to make great shit that people love and we're not going to give up on that and that's sort of like what our family instilled in us which is like work hard at what you do you can do whatever you love but make sure you work hard at it that's what it is you know like and for us like if you ask us about our future projects if you notice about them each one of them become have a bigger budget as they go so like that's what i loved about your disc golf was that you can we can shoot that Mm-hmm. You know, we can really, we can really go out there for a few days, yeah. shoot a great pilot, and like actually do that. Which is like, you should be proud of that because that literally most people have these million dollar ideas. Jesse and I have million dollars ideas that we want to do, like like. But we are waiting for those for later. We are our next few projects are right. cheap projects. Yeah, no, I'm like, terrified by. If someone handed me a million dollars to make a movie right now, I'd be shitting yeah. my pants. Like, well, you just hit I us want, up and we'll help you. With I want to make the ten thousand dollars film. You know, we work it, work out the. No, it's but it's it's because Gabe didn't wait to get investors. That mm. drains the energy and time, right. and like Gabe saved up from working hard on set, and that afforded the movie that we got to shoot with. People putting in, people putting in, yeah, people putting in favors, you know, and then we got it. We had a great soundtrack, which a lot of homies helped to hook up for a good price for licensing songs. Like, and the score was, you know, we, I did for free. It's not like we paid ourselves anything. We did this all just to try and make something great. And that's why, which was nice about that is that I had zero clients and there was no one that we had to show the film to and deal with and investors. Mm -hmm. And, you know, who knows what would have happened? Like, to be honest, I live I live in Los Angeles. I work on film sets all the time. I ha- I meet one person a day who has a project who talks to me about it and stuff like that. And there, if you you got to get that first project out as soon as you can because that's when you really start making things. It's mm. it's like everything else before that is really cool and it's worth it and it has value. But once you get that project out or or, or started, you know. Then you sort of then it's not it's not that you're not a filmmaker before or after is that people will look at you differently if you have a project like actually having a project like I was on the, I'm on the show now and I and I some a lot of the producers have watched it recently and they just like kind of don't believe that the project happened mm-hmm. so like yeah I spent twenty five grand and a few years on my life but I'm a twenty nine year old and I have a feature film and. Um, we're working on the next few projects. You only get better by doing them. You're not a filmmaker. You're a filmmaker. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. And, and yeah. we we would we all, now that we shot that movie, we'll shoot the next one so much better. And yeah. every time you get on set, every time you do something, we where you're working on your art. That's the only way to get better. Other than the all the theory that is great to do with master classes and thinking what people do, but like kind of the day that you're on that set and you have to make those calls or you have to talk to the sound guy and not try and piss him off because he's in a bad mood or like the communication and the way you have to do that you only do that just from all the times that you get to do it in and now that we shot this movie it's like we're so stoked to shoot the next thing because mm-hmm. i feel like we just we finally figured out the, the perfect Before situation now. for us on set and and we only got like a few days of that really were, were there any other that. producers on this or do you guys just self-produce is it just the two of you just us two okay it really was just us two I mean, anytime I had a creative question, you would go to Jesse. A lot of the who to hire and stuff w- was leaned on me just because 
Uh, I've been working in this business as a production assistant to a set dresser, to an AD, to camera people, like the costumes. I've done a lot of those people. So I have pools of people, so I know who to hire. So a lot of the hiring came through me. Um, but as far as like producing, producing, creative producing, it was just an, an equal job. And I mean, really this film should say like, yeah, it's pretty awesome. My brother is a huge, huge man on this one and, and we're really stoked. Yes. He's actually, no. my brother's the bigger man. Yeah, just physically, he's physically not, larger. Not as is mine. <laughs> Chewbacca. Us older brothers sometimes with the diminutive ones, but yeah. I mean, that's one of the things, you know, as I said to Gabe when he came on, you know, one of the things that to me is the the biggest, uh, what really blows my mind um, is just how well you guys work together and how much, how little argument, how much trust there is. I know, like, if I had my brother on, on a, production we'd be arguing constantly because how come because of the, i don't know we just have a competitive there's a competition between us and we have such a yeah freaking we have out. such a shared vision of like our aesthetic like i don't tr- i trust my brother's vision more than anybody because it's so similar to mine as i'm sure you guys can empathize with but you know we just there maybe there's more contention and maybe that would get us some diamonds too you know i'm just yeah, yeah. it's just amazing to see how little of that you know, well, Jesse and I definitely had like a, 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 a upbringing of brotherhood. We definitely went through our competitive times. Definitely went through our strife, but at an early age. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I, I think I moved to Los Angeles, and Jesse had gone to San Francisco State. By the time that happened, it sort of fizzled out. I mean, yeah. like we still like Jesse's. What Jesse's good at is he's good at saying we should do this precisely this, and let's do that. And then I'm like tired from a movie set I'm like yeah I'll just send an email instead of calling them <laughs> like you know what I mean like I, I sometimes like and I'm I'm living down in Los Angeles so I'm like I'm at the front of the shit bro why don't you fucking you know what I mean yeah. but still it's still we take it's... we take quick ways and long ways and we both <laughs> <laughs> gave like shortcuts a lot a um, but but the, we got we got through that weird teenage angsty phase together we were great as kids, even though I sometimes would tease him too much. Mm-hmm. And in our 20s, it was like we were both making art and doing what we loved. And there was no more, e- there was never really any ego. It's just when you grow up with the only person who's in the house, that's year eight, you know. But being on a set with him, after, you know, he had been in L.A. working on sets, I had been on tour with bands. It was like perfect timing to loop back around. Yeah. It's like, just like, I'm so glad that this happened, this movie happened at this time because I was... Just both. I was so ready to get involved, and yeah. I was, Gabe was ready for. It was like our collaboration was meant to happen, and if that producer didn't walk off, yeah. then it, it, we might not be sitting here this way together. Like, do you feel like the movie brought you guys closer? Definitely. Yeah. It was almost that we were like, "How the hell did we not know that we should be making movies?" Because Jesse was a filmmaker before I was. Like, as a kid, that was his first dream. Mm. His first thing was to make movies. My parents had a piano in the house, and he just, he's a deep diver when it comes to creativity. He just went and went and went with the piano, and he mastered the piano, which is freaking great. But now he's coming back around to what his first love was, where mine was art, and his was his filmmaking. So having him like that, and also, like, I've worked on so many film sets that I know a lot of those classic things that only that experience can teach you. So I'm really good at knowing what you can't do and Jesse's really creative and knowing 
not knowing what you can't do, which right. is almost a better quality as a director. Because when I work on film sets and the director says, I work in the art department a lot, he says, we need snow, we need dust, we need this. And he doesn't know what that takes. Yeah. But we keep proving him right because we're good at our jobs right. as, as the below-the-line people. Mm -hmm. Whereas Jesse, coming on as a director on his first film set, it's really good that he stayed pure because at least one of us sort of doesn't know the not not he doesn't know the rules, but that he's so he sees it from a different perspective where I see it from like budget and this and that, and it's just really good that we have both aesthetics where I'm like I'm literally in the trenches yeah. as a sergeant like telling people with this map and Jesse's in the tent behind en enemy lines <laughs> yeah. like, looking at the monitor looking at the <laughs> monitor or doing this thing so it's like we we know what we're good at. Like, sure. yeah. you know, and we're both really good at what we do, but having that extra help, you know. You you want Gabe on set. That's the big thing, too. Yeah, That's you like, want me on set and in a bar We fight. We feel good. <laughs> we, you do. Same thing. <laughs> we want, that's the thing is like, we both have, we both do all the jobs. So it's not like we all, we sometimes we, but it's like knowing that Gabe is holding down the camera element makes me be like oh yeah and here's a couple more funny lines to the actors right. yeah. or vice versa or it's like you know by the end of the movie the cinematography was it was like oh i can start saying some things too you know it like turned into like a collaboration more and it was like that was really cool but yeah. just having gabe he's gets along with everyone he's yeah. on time he wakes up early he knows that like i've been on a few film sets through my life but he's the film set dude he's like yeah. the guy i mean in... i really was born on a film i hate yeah. to say it but like I came down to Los Angeles and started my way up, and I really, I know a film set well. Like when I when I show up, it's like I know who the AD is and who this is. And nowadays, I freaking run into so many people that I know and I love, and I'm like, holy shit, I can't wait to be like the director of it, you know, <laughs> and doing this. And like, right. like also, like it's hard to go back to doing movie set stuff after you directed a film. I'm sure it's like you like you get to be the total emperor right. you know like, well, and i could you... do that better <laughs> you're gonna put that there yeah like... exactly and you realize how bad a lot of people are yeah. in their jobs yeah. unfortunately there's some people who are so bad at, at at being a direct it's mostly the directors that i look at and i go you are the most <laughs> indirect person Whoa, what do you think it's right. like no it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks and it's amazing when you pull the veil back like i've had this experience recently too working on a couple different shoots like as I've continued to like trust myself more as an artist and as a creative and trust my like vision and I start to see like people that are maybe 20 years down the road who like now are, are doing things uh, at, on a bigger level but I see like you know it's like there's some real idiots out there that have gotten real far and it gives me like all this uh hope because I'm like look Exactly. I know I can do it better than this guy, you know, exactly. and look at what he's doing, yeah. you know, like I know. if I stay true to myself and my vision, like I think part of that, you know, and you guys can speak to this part of anyone's creative path, you know, is learning to like befriend your critic, see your critic as, as actually this like protective voice that's keeping you from making whack shit. But then also, you know, making sure your internal secretary gives that critic, you know, only time in your mental office when you're ready to bring it in, you know, and, yeah. and really trusting that like, Hey, I do have some like wisdom here. I do have a vision here that I, that I believe in. That's true. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's like two things that 
the two places of creative that on set and on, in a in a studio, it's the same a recording studio. It's either you know what you're trying to get and you're not getting it yet, and you're trying and you're fighting to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just need that scene to be good. The one that you don't want a position you don't want to be in is how why is this not that great? Like why is this bad? Like it's okay, but I don't know why it's better. That sometimes when you're stuck there, you're like that's a hard place to be in because it's just not working and hopefully you can use more takes and takes, but that might not help. So it's like this weird position of like with Gabe and I, it's like, we just go with the instincts. What is feeling good? What's feeling right? And oftentimes that's just the best way to go. And you keep, there's not even really time to be a critic to yourself. You just know if the scene is working or not. And I love that about filmmaking. It's so obvious if a scene is working, if the room feels it, everyone feels it with a song. It's like, yeah, maybe somebody will start looking at their phone and not really pay attention to the song. You don't know if a song is sometimes that great because people are like literally using their ears and they're just like, yeah, it's nice, it's nice. <laughs> but if seen, it's like you're you're captured by it or you're not right. captured by it, and or you're laughing or you're, you're not laughing. laughing. Yeah, with comedy, that's why so that's why it felt like comedy so good because it's an instant reaction and um, totally. And like like not knowing what you want to do is the last thing you want your crew to see you know totally which is which is good it's like jesse will be the only person that knows when i don't know what something to do and i'll be the only person that knows when jesse doesn't know what to do mm-hmm. and that was what was really key to him as a producer where my last one he i i was vulnerable to him i said i don't know about this one and mm-hmm. he you can't say that to anyone unless they're your brother or mm-hmm. that you trust them a thousand percent with or without quotation marks, yeah marks but you can't even say that to anybody you really can't say that as a director. You can't say you don't know what to do. And if you don't know what to do, my recommendation is put a camera somewhere and shoot it. <laughs> nice. and, and just throw the camera somewhere, and then you get time to think about what to do. Oh, yeah, let's do the shot over there. This is the shot I've been writing about and thinking about for a while. You do the shot, and then you fucking go and cry in a corner. <laughs> and then you come back and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There wasn't a, at the end, there wasn't a shot list as much, so our DP would just do what we thought. We would tell him what to do, and he thought that was part of the plan, okay. part of the script, yeah. and it was amazing. That... I don't even think he knew the producer left. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, wait, who was that guy? But the other thing is, is, is the, the one more reason we were lucky in this movie is all of our crew were in Button Willow for two, three weeks. Yeah in a beautiful area forced to be together it's like when you take a band to a recording studio in the mountains mm-hmm. some there's no distractions you're gonna get good shit because yeah. everyone it's like we're not in la where everyone just shows up and then drives home that night right. you're stuck with them you're having every meal with them yeah. every scene is starting building towards you know you just start to get this deep connection we're playing accordion out there it's like getting the, the, the ancient know. conquerors that would land on enemy shores and burn their ships you know yeah, we're we're doing this, you know. Yeah, that yeah. speaks to also, you know, uh, you know, the in my opinion and and, and the opinion of, of my teacher, you know, the three most important things that he always says in filmmaking are uh, the writing, the casting, and the chemistry. And it sounds like that was, you know, you guys putting everybody in this weird town, getting outside of your comfort zone. You know, you were creating this pressure cooker. It was allowing this chemistry to develop between your crew or your cast, you know. So totally. And and I just wanted to say too, you know, I know that like in in your guys's film, you know, Percy is kind of like the big character that a lot of people see the movie and they're like, oh, that's the guy, you know. Yeah. And but but I really noticed like just what an incredible job Philip I Philip know. did. Like he is to, in my opinion, like the second I saw him, 
I like knew that guy. I'm like, oh, he's that guy. Like it was so he's natural. Subtle. He's so, subtly so beautiful. Totally, totally. Which is so so. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure he'll go underappreciated, but he really is. Yeah, and the, the the you know the straight man is so important in these odd couple comedies, you know, and he really does. You know, I was noticing that as I was watching it today, like, uh, you know, just his ability to provoke and to set up mm-hmm. uh, Percy, you know, to deliver and do what he, his magic, it wouldn't have had the same kind of tension if there wasn't this other character that was really like, you know, having a hard time with it all. And, and, uh, and, and you know, the two are so inextricably linked in these scenes yeah. um they, they had such good chemistry they would go gabe would just shoot them in the car while they were driving and just have them have conversations like we did a lot of things that were just like warming them up to each other same with the sisters but he phil's character was someone who was like i couldn't picture what he looked like in my head he was and somehow gabe yeah. found him and i was just, just so lucky because it could have been any he's just in, in the script he's like yeah he's a guy he's mm-hmm. a guy you know it's not right. it's not like it needs to be exact what it, it could Joe be anybody. yeah but <laughs> the fact is that phil just it was the perfect fit yeah it and was that's, funny because we did an audition and we had seen everybody do the scene which is where one of phil's saying my father died and then percy's really funny about it right and we had done it so many times and then Phil came in and did it, and he was sad about it. And the way he was sad in the comedy of that, I realized, oh, that's written well. And when you when your character makes you realize how well your stuff's written, <laughs> yeah, yeah. or that's how we take it, because yeah. you're like a fucking boasting, you know? You just take credit. You, you take credit. Okay, that was fucking good. I typed those. <laughs> type those words. <laughs> it's true. You get, you get. But that's also it goes the other way. A lot of great performances. You th- you love the actor, but the writer really is the thing that but killed that role. Right. You know, it's it's tough. Yeah, and honestly, for us, I mean, we're not that complicated of people, but we recommend having a really simple idea as your first idea, and it is what makes it easier for you to digest everything. So, if, if unless you're really brilliant and you want a complex idea, and you want a who done it. Or something like that, and you really map it out well, mm-hmm. then do that for sure. Do that, but if you want to like cover your ass, just make a simple plot. Catalyst, which right. is the Cadillac. <laughs> That's the whole funny thing about it. Yeah. It's the, the driving force is a Cadillac gets stolen. Yeah, and it's the catalyst. Yeah, but it's like the simplest thing yeah. Grace that is could the go wrong as well. So it's it's it's. It definitely was really fun, and um, what what would you like to to people out here that you know out there that might be listening to this episode that have never heard of you guys, never heard of the film? Um, like, how would you describe it? Like, you know, if someone's listening right now and they're like, "Okay, I've heard them talk about, it, I understand what it means to them." Like, what what is this movie about? What what you know? How do you how would you explain it to someone who might want to see it? You know. Um. Basically, it's a it's a pornography film. So there's a lot of nudity <laughs> going on. Um, most of the scenes are naked. The, the first and last scene aren't naked, but that's because there's a lot of old people in it. We didn't. Yeah, feel and you guys were naked on set too when you right. We were <laughs> naked on set. We wanted to keep everyone equal. 
he yelled cut once and someone circumcised him. It was yeah. again yeah, second. I did it twice, second actually. circumcision. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's super Jews here. Yeah, know? this is true. <laughs> it's kind of like um, it's kind of like planes, trains, and automobiles. Classic buddy buddy film chasing Thelma and Louise. So you have elements of action with Thelma and Louise, and you have elements of comedy with planes, trains, and automobiles. So really, I mean, to say it, dark comedy road trip. Yeah, and and the friendship between Phil and Percy, between people you don't always get to choose to be with, but finding that being there for other people when you don't need to be there for other people. Mm. That was something that Phil sort of learns towards the end of just like bringing him to the funeral and like you create a relationship with somebody. It's not just you're trying to get through you know you're not just driving up the five and forgetting it's like it's important connection is important i feel like that was the thing that those this movie was about was about different connections like the sisters they don't connect but they still do in some ways and the 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 boys they're the whole thing is about them finding each other and and you know it is true it's like it's not about the journey it's about who you're with because that's really kind of what this is about and and it's that's why we thought thanksgiving being a family movie. There's not that many good Thanksgiving films. Plane Trains on Automobiles is the only Thanksgiving film, mm. to just be straight up about it. But there was really not, and about bringing people together and um, doing it that way. And so, yeah, it is on Amazon Prime, four ninety nine. But I, I recommend you buy it because our whole purpose of making this film as well was to make something that you could rewatch. Right. And so I recommend you buying it so then you can rewatch it and rewatch it. Yeah, folks. Get get out there with your clickers and hit the download button. And I, uh, you know, I, I I got it waiting for me at home when I, you know, I want to go. I gotta. I've been meaning to sit down with my brother and and nice. knowing that it was made by brothers, I feel like I want to watch it with my brother. And you know, we we've been watching a lot of movies lately, and I think it would be a you know. Awesome. We always well, last night we watched uh, Twenty Eight Days Later for his so first good. time. You know, I'm like, look, I hate nice. zombie movies, but this one I loved. You Great know, one. like this is, yeah. you know, and and uh, you know, he's not. I think I'm a little more into the sci-fi than him. So, do you like it? Yeah, he did. He really. Are you gonna watch Twenty Eight Weeks Later too? Maybe. I I don't like it as much. It was it was still good, but the thing, you know, it was interesting watching that film in today, like because that's now what like that's 2002, I think something around then. Uh, yeah, the beginning is like. One, like, did they have a camcorder? Right. One thing that struck me was like in this era uh, of, of high def, just how like low budget it looks with the camera. Like it doesn't. Even though they shut down London for an entire shot, and they shot it with like a tape camera. Right. Like, uh, right. Like the film quality is not incredibly high, and it does feel at times almost like a student film. Yeah. But the performances, you know, that they got at it, what really struck me was. It's not, it's like a zombie film, but it's more about like the people, you know, like yeah. so many zombie films are about, oh, the wave is going to crash. The wave is coming, you know, and it's all like, that's driving the whole movie is like the zombie wave is going to, when is it going to come? And I thought that the genius of that film was they really like focus on like the human experience of like these characters, you know, trying to yeah. come to grips with this and, you know, which in a lot of ways, you know, to, to segment way back you know is what you guys are you know really setting out to do in this film and people well, I hope you connection. watch it with your brother it yeah. is definitely a good buddy film yeah buddy film and, and, you, and you can think about which characters gave and which one's mine because yeah they're related in some weird ways and they switch a lot 
Yeah. Most of the time, Gabe's Percy, though. Okay. Most of the time. The Percy, <laughs> your per- Yeah. I'm just kidding. But it's, it, it yeah. I, well, Danny Boyle, anything you make it personal, like this is a road trip movie, but it's a personal movie. And the fact is, the scene, the scenery is the road. But it's, you know, it's like a guy trying to get somewhere and not trying to be slowed down and someone who's just way too slow. And just that, like, tension and that can happen. And, um, we w- we really are happy about the movie as it doesn't get worse. That's a big deal for us is that the movie didn't get worse as it went. And you literally <laughs> you literally watch us as filmmakers from the first scene because we shot it in order. From the first scene to the last scene, you go like, okay, these guys are moving. To They're learning. <laughs> We're learning. Thank yeah. you for having us, man. Yeah, totally. Is there any, like... You know, final things that you guys want to share about this, or should we talk a little bit about your your next projects you got in the in the pipeline, or we think what's what's next for the Adams Brothers? Well, we're helping our homie Hobart out. Oh yeah, we want to do a Hobart's film. Really, that's why we're doing this podcast because we think Hobart's really got the fucking jam of the of a lifetime. Yeah, you know, for all you out there, I, I I've talked to Jesse about it, but I but I asked these guys if they would help help me uh, help produce this film that I'm hope to be making. Um, it's still in business. Just post it on Facebook and you'll have to make it. That's what I did with up to five. I, yeah. call, I call it the Babe Ruth effect. Okay. You just have to point. You just have to point. I like that. Also, one thing about this movie up to five I love is that it did kind of like reunite us in some ways because you reached out at some point of like, oh, you made a film with your brother. Uh-huh. We start, You came over. We started connecting. Right. You, you you got in that little tiny car, drove down to L.A. with us for yeah. a weekend. I met Hobart on the freaking You met me on the night there. of the premiere, yeah. So well, it's, I sh- it shows how much I trust you and love you that you'd be yeah. sitting with us. Dude, I mean, for me, it, it's interesting because my first experience of, of this film was, I think you shared it, Jesse, on, on Facebook this interview with Gabe that had been done where you were talking about, it was about the Adams Brothers filmmaking duo and you guys were talking about like your approach and your inspiration. And I, I felt like I was reading a biography for myself. I was like, yeah, everything they're saying, this is like the kind of stuff that I want to make. And, and it, I got so inspired after reading that. And I was like, yeah, Jesse, I haven't seen you in hella long time, decade maybe. Yeah, and uh, and it was then we had that conversation that was so sweet in, in Petaluma and yeah, and then getting to like you know I f- almost felt like the the whole trip to L.A. was in itself like a comedy because he described you as a mystic fellow by the way oh nice the way you got described to me was listen to this man's voice he's a mystic fellow <laughs> he's doing yes. exactly what we're doing he's a good friend of mine yeah. I just re- it was like. First of all, having a premiere, and I th- did you stay at my house that night? Did I you? did. You did. Yeah. And him having bringing a homie I've never heard about. Yeah. I was like, all right, let's do it. And then and Tanner, you and Tanner, great combo. Oh, for um, sure. And the, being at that premiere was a, a, an awesome one. That's the thing is, we we the movie played in two places. One of them, we were like, oh, the color is a little off on this screen. One, the sound was a little off on the speakers. Now it's in your home. Amazon Prime, whatever f- great TV and speakers you have, it's the best we could throw down. So it's yeah, it's, it's, what, it's all we got. It's, it's like we hope. <laughs> well, it, yeah. it, it, nothing stuck out. You know, what I'm saying good. like it, it it looks and feels like you know something that that you know 
I'm not saying you guys that, aren't yeah. professional. I'm just tell saying. me that movie doesn't look like a half a million dollars. It looks like it, that shit looks good. It looks like it was you know <laughs> produced. Sorry, bro. No. That shit looks yo, sorry. yo, guys, that listen. Looks... That shit looks million. Brad Pitt directed that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Executive yeah. producer Ben Affleck. I'm just <laughs> telling you. I gotta say, you can make it. You just need twenty thousand dollars to make a good film. That was the budget. The f- budget was twenty five thousand dollars. Okay, um, but that's including post. Yeah, and that was all out of your pocket. Huh? All out of my pocket. I saved oh. for three years. Crazy. Just do it yourself. Don't, do it yourself. Don't wait. Make a small enough story where you where, just... Where did, if you feel comfortable talking about it, where did the majority of the budget go into? Like, where, where were... I'm just curious. For I, got it. I got the breakdown for you. Yeah. So everyone got paid $100 a day. That was nine people every single day. Four of those people didn't accept pay. So it's uh, $500 per day just on that, mm-hmm. on just on people. The other, other $300 a day was on spending on lodging and the last $200 a day was on food and gas. Okay. By the time we got to props, by the time we got to, we didn't pay $1 for locations, or, you know, which is amazing. Yeah. And know, he you, bought the car. Yeah, that's and the I name. bought the Cadillac, so I, I don't yeah. put that in this budget because mm-hmm. um, I still ride around in that thing. Yeah, that's um, baller. But it really came down to lodging, you know, lodging became like a third of it um, food became a third of it, and paying people became a third of it. And I mean, that's still, I mean, we still offer people like give the $100 a day, and everyone has a back end credit or whatever. But mm-hmm. you go outside of LA enough, and every location's free. Inside of Los Angeles, you will get charged for right. locations. So right. that's what it costed. And then uh, I think it was two grand, if I want to be honest, two grand for the sound mixing. And then. The music cost a little bit, and then it, and then I think there was just a few editing fees that happened, mm-hmm. and, and then also printing of the Blu-rays and yeah. you know, like certain stuff like that comes up. So and, and how do you get so when you have this film done, like how does one get a movie on Amazon? Like it's what, what, actually what process. It's actually one of the best processes ever. So Jesse and I originally when we shopped our movie around, it was the old cut, mm-hmm. which has a weak beginning. So we felt that. Because it had a weak beginning, people weren't. The people we got a few offers. We got one offer from Indie Rights. What they do is they take twenty percent of your movie off the top mm. and go like, okay. And then they and then some people, some third party people, want you to pay them to give you their film. I'm like, I just spent twenty five grand in five years of my life. Yeah. I'm, pay, I'm paying you money. Yeah. No, thank you. Right. Seriously, I'm not paying anyone any more money to make this film. You, I have the product. You come with the money. So what we happen is, what's, what's brutal nowadays is that since everyone can make a film, it's not as it's not as great to, to sell your film. Mm-hmm. But we went directly to Amazon Prime. They take 50% of all of our sales, which is whatever. Mm-hmm. But right now, for the first six months, we're having the film for $4.99 for rental, $10.99 for purchase. They get 50% of every sale. Uh, but we wanted to do that instead of this full streaming Amazon Prime, because what happens then is they get thirty. We get thirty-two cents per, I think minute or no per hour. 
watched or something. It's okay. a brutal. And then it's on there for two years or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's per hour watched. Now we can take our movie off. If Netflix yeah. wants it or anything yeah. like that, we can pull it off Amazon anytime. We, gotcha. we belong. It owns. We own exactly. it. Exactly. And if you look at the Safdie brothers, look at their daddy's long legs, that project is worth a lot of money now. Okay. Yeah. And it's their first project. We wanted people to see yeah. it. It was important that it goes out. And like a lot of movies, they go on Amazon and then they get plucked. They get plucked they get by, plucked. you know, Hulu, Amazon, or so Netflix. So really what's big for us is to get a five-star review from everybody. That, gotcha. to, to be honest, that's what I, I check on my phone every single day is how to get how many five-star reviews we get. Because if we get a, at least 100, we will be put up to the top of the list. Interesting. You know? Yeah, so if you like the movie, give us five stars. If you didn't like it, just don't just give us anything. Just yeah, turn, your, turn your computer off and walk outside. <laughs> and just think about why you didn't like it and then just for, try and forget all that. Yeah, yeah. well... I would say I would say love hate the movie like I'll give it five stars because I love the movie but either way those stars are more about supporting these young you know burgeoning artists and supporting people that are making art for the sake of it you know that aren't just making it to make a buck I I definitely got you know some Tarantino vibes with you know the choice of scoring and the shot choices it's definitely um, Tarantino. You got a little Hitchcock. You, you got, got a little Wes Anderson. Yeah, a little Wes Anderson in there with the coloring and the set design. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that really stuck out to me was that opening scene with uh, with Philip and with uh, spacing on the character's name. Grace. Grace. When she's got the fake baby, she looks pregnant and she's smoking the cigarette. And that little, the way that you guys showed that interplay between them and like, you know, it was such scene. a moment that they had, you know, and, and just the, the way that I was taking notes, looking at like, okay, this is how they're showing that with the, the two faces, you know, and really telling this like, you know, oh, there's a moment here, you know, whatever else happens and whatever you see over the next 20, 30 minutes before the, you know, the ending, you know, that you, we all know, we all leave that moment knowing that like, there was like some energy exchange. Between Which is characters. beautiful because believe me, that scene used to be the weakest scene of the film until we changed it down. What I recommend, by the way, for people shooting scenes is get that fourth angle. Because we got the wide, we got the close-ups of both people. But I swear to God, if you get four angles of a scene, you're usually in pretty good shape. Most of our scenes have only three angles, but you won't mm-hmm. be able to tell because you're so into it, hopefully. Yeah, that's the thing is like you can't forget nobody if people watch this movie and they're like, yeah, it was okay. And I totally get that. Maybe they didn't like it. But just just know every single scene we moved that camera around and it took an hour or two to get a shot set up. And the sound guy had to make sure the batteries were in there. And the and then it was lunchtime and then it was the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And it was like every single moment that happens in film is takes so much work and effort that it's like you don't even – think about that when you're watching movies you're just enjoying it and you can have problems with the movie but it's like no matter even if you didn't like the movie every single movie does is deserving of some praise of how hard that job is because we had one camera and we just had to move that camera and it was barely ever on anything but a tripod and and a lot of wide shots and wide angles in general when you review restaurants just be easy going they're working hard (laughs) you know what i mean like like just give it, just give it, if you want to give it three stars, give it a four stars. Like, like your review really matters. And actually, Jesse, my brother has a great podcast. Can I tell him or no? Yeah. My brother has one of the greatest podcast ideas ever. It's called 
crying for Yelp. Cry for Yelp. Cry for Yelp. Oh, and he re- it's, it's like mean tweets where he reviews. We, we talk in the voice of the person who's yelping. And we give the... Because no one reviews reviews. No one's guarding the guard. <laughs> so you sort of like need this thing. So when Jesse and I get our podcast started, yes. watch for Cry for Yelp. Hey, well... If you guys need any help in that regard, or you need a straight man or anything, I'm I'm in. I'm in. We like your voice, Hobart. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you got one of the best voices. Ever. Oh, that's so sweet of you guys. Yeah, to I say. wish you could see his face. <laughs> it's also it's great. exactly how you would think it is. <laughs> I've been told so many times, like buying stuff on Craigslist, and I show up, and they're like, "Huh, I thought you were a 45 year old man. <laughs> like yeah. you sound old and tired." Yeah. It's, it's your wisdom and your. It's my gravel from all yeah. those years. Viking thing going Smoking on. Smoking too much weed, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Viking. You know, that's. I'll take that as the greatest compliment. Um, I wanted that's to ask Gabe Adams, not from uh, Jesse. Yeah. I wanted to ask you. So, if you could only make one hire for crew on your next film, what what do you hire? What's what's the one role that you didn't have that you wish? On, on the last project, yeah, on the project we just did, yeah, um, I'm already talking about it in past tense. I'm so happy to do that. Yeah, um, I would have an AD. Okay, I would have an assistant director because believe me, trying to be the creative joy and also the determined, like pusher of mm-hmm. the, the, the 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 carry. I swear to God, if you have a really good AD. You don't have to be the main person and have a crew. What, what does the AD do for people that may not Assistant be director is basically the guy who is the voice of the director. He's basically Aaron to Moses. And he's, he's the guy who says cut usually. He's the guy who says action usually. He's the guy who's making sure that the actor is walking by at the right time. He's making sure that everyone breaks for lunch at the right time. He runs the set as the general. But in this project, I didn't have one, mm-hmm. and I knew I needed one, but I got to learn how to do it. Yeah. So now I I want to just basically hire people who are better than me at my uh, at my job because yeah. I've had to do all the jobs now. Right. So I would hire an AD number one as first. And so that pro- that frees the director up to just focus on the talent and work with the actors. Is yeah. That the idea? Like instead of me freaking worrying about when people are gonna get fed or this and that. He will be on me, and he'll be on. He's like a he's like a band manager. Yeah, gotcha. he kind of and you know if you're in the band, you sort of uh, like okay, cool, cool. And it's like twelve, and you're you're psyched on the project, yeah, because it's your project, right? But you realize that like no one has eaten, or you're running people into the ground. You're running the people in the ground. He he's the logistical captain gotcha. of yeah. the project. That that would be number one. I think number two maybe like a really dope producer. Like oh, front yeah. front end producer, oh, yeah. someone who like can get us funds, Almost or just, just yeah, or just knows how to roll it and run it. I mean, I, I whatever the future holds, I really want Gabe and I to just be in the directors and enjoy that job because yeah. this job we did everything else at the same time as that. Yeah, but like the, I really want in the future where we get to just really focus on the scene making it. He's right, and I mean, as far as I was just talking more on set. No, maybe. that's so true, though, because but, but, you had to do that. Yeah, I had to do that. And then that's what I mean is I had to fill in some creative zone because he's running that, and it's so important. It's more to have the thing running. The ship has to run, or you know, you can't you can't just be in the clouds with with ideas. Yeah, but I think for our next project, we are really looking for a producer that is just really good. 
Yeah. And is really skilled and knows what he's doing. Or her. Or her. And, and, and she knows better than us on certain things. Because we, Jesse and I, were always quick to admit when we're wrong or when we don't know something. I have a feeling that I'm going to have to produce a lot of our next project. And that's fine because I freaking love it. I love being involved and doing that. But I know once we get a really good producer who can also bring our projects to the right hands and be like, hey, this is like, you know, Roman Coppola or hey, this is Sofia Coppola's guy and they're really great. Or this is Wes Anderson's DP and he like kids looking for a project for three months. Like we need the guy. Yeah, we need definitely need to find the guy. Yeah. Hell yeah, bros. Well, may you find him or her. Um, and uh, is there any last little, you know, we've we spent almost as much time, you know, just around the same time on this podcast tonight as the running time of your guys' film. So it feels kind of apropos. So if you're not watching it by now, right? then, you know. Don't watch it. No. <laughs> wait, wait, pause it. Pause the podcast here now. Go watch the movie. <laughs> yeah, come back to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just any any last things to, to, to say to wrap up? Thank you, Hobart. Thank you, Hobart. Maybe Gabe and I will both speak at the same time and give different words of wisdom. Love so just go for it. Don't ever stop believing in yourself. You just constantly joy. do it. Enjoy Call your friends. You return the emails. Happiness. Yes. 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 Uh, that's great. Well, well, thank you guys so much for coming on. And um, just to reiterate for all y'all out there, the film is called Up the Five. Number five. It's number five. It's we, important yeah. you spell it up the five and just the number not you gotta put F-I-D. the number five when you're searching for it on amazon and go check it out on amazon prime rent it or even better yet make the purchase it's only 11 bucks 10 bucks 10.99 yeah, and uh and support you know these indie filmmakers because we need more of them you know if there's one thing that i know for sure about hollywood it's it's really you know especially with humor i think we're so underserved today and so getting um you know, having people out there that are really focused on creating great, great, uh, honest work where, you know, where, where quality is the goal. Uh, we need more y'all out here and I just got so much love for you both. And so, so excited for, for the future and what it holds for you guys. I do. Thank <laughs> you, Hobart. We love you, man. Yeah. I love you you too, rock. Man. Thanks for coming hey, on. Hey, when bros. will this be out? Do we know? Um, I'll work. I'm going to work to get it out next week. Perfect. So, awesome. gotta, I, I think it'll be minimal editing. So, it's really yeah. Don't edit. cut his voice lower. <laughs> in the voice I was gonna lower. make your voice sound a little more effeminate. You know? Oh, I didn't know you could. <laughs> Let's edit some Bintu in there, going. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we can get a laugh track from Bintu. Yeah. Um, great guys. Yeah, well, until we meet again. Woo! Yeah. All right. Man, I never get sick of hanging out with those boys and talking game. And they're both a couple of yuck yucks, a couple comedians, good dudes. Um, so, yeah, I hope that all of y'all listen to this will go out and rent or even purchase this film on Amazon Prime. You won't be disappointed. It's a really sweet story. It's like an hour and 20 minutes, so it's not like a huge super long film to sit through but it is 
you know, worth every minute. And I really meant what I said earlier on the podcast. You know, it's important that we that we support these independent artists. You know, I think that in Hollywood today, the genre of comedy is like grossly underserved. And the fact that we have a brother, a couple brothers that are out there and, and that are still making films for the love of the art. Um, certainly that's what I want to do with, with my life. And I would urge anyone who's got a couple extra bucks laying around, you know, who's planning on rent watching, you know, rewatching a, a Marvel movie or, a you know, one of these Star Wars travesties um, for the 10th time, like, Put that four ninety nine to better use and, and support a couple of these, these young artists in their first feature. Um, it's really admirable that they did this, and, and I'm super proud of them and uh, super stoked on their project, and hopefully we'll get them in the future. So I hope you all uh, have a great week in this de- first week of December, and, um, you know, if, if you're feeling cold, uh, try to find a way to to make someone else feel warm, you know, that uh, that might engender a, a, a reciprocated warmth in your own chest, and, you know, often that's the best we can do. So much love to you all. Be back here next week with another episode for you, and uh, keep on shining, my friends. Much love. Postscript. Uh, I forgot to mention this earlier. Um, first off, if y'all watch the movie and you liked it or you didn't like it, just go onto your Amazon. You have to go onto a computer, unfortunately, and give these guys five stars. That's super huge for the algorithms to get their film more visibility, which will mean more people see it. And, uh, you know, that makes them a little more money, but it also um, gives the film an opportunity just for more sort of sets of eyes to come in contact with it. So go ahead and give them five stars. I just went and did that and wrote them a review. Um, you know, you'll just you'll be helping these local artists uh, with their with their work. Um, the last thing that I wanted to say was that uh, today we have a little we had a little bit different intro music and this this outro music is also going to be different. Um, this is music from the film uh, and it's all. You know the the movie. We I don't think we really talked much about it. Unfortunately, I'm gonna have to do it in another episode. But um, Jesse actually scored the whole movie and found a lot of really cool artists, local artists, and also played a lot of the music himself. So um, he's just such a prolific music maker, musician, and uh, I just wanted to give you all a little taste of the vibe of the film. I think the music is the you know it's the whole emotional story of the movie. So. This will give you a little taste of what it's like, a little, a little uh, delightful scent for your ears. So listen up and, uh, and be well, my friends. Mm-hmm.